0: Live from the horrible Huntington Beach hellhole. (laughs) Coming to you from the last homeless free zone in Orange County. In the morning, Nathan Penetration. In the morning, Brian Black.
1: Seems like this show is going to be very Mac heavy.
0: Yeah, well, Apple heavy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah.
1: That's a good point. What are you drinking?
0: So, I am drinking a gin and tonic right now, but... I've got a new gin that I really like because uh, my favorite gin is Tanqueray. That's like the London Dry. That's what I primarily drink when I'm making a G&T or a Tom Collins or something like that. Uh, so this new one I've got, is called Tanqueray Rangpur. R-A-N-G-P-U-R. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to find it at my local Total Wine because I've never been been able to find it until now. It's kind of hard to find. Um, it's Tanqueray has a little less alcohol, uh, normal Tanqueray. The London dry is like 47.5%. This one's 41.3, so it's less alcohol, but it has like a citrus. So like the reason they call it Rangpur is cause it's got, uh, Rangpur limes, which are actually, they look like oranges or they actually they look more like tangerines. So it's like a, it's an orange lime, but it has a very distinct flavor. So they infuse that in the uh, distilling process, and it definitely, you can definitely taste it over the uh, just the regular London Dry Tanqueray. Eh? So, drinking a gin and tonic with that right now, and it's fucking delicious. Highly recommend it. Speaking of hard to find drinks, I got
1: a Lacroix Coffee Exotica. This this drink is impossible. to Well, it was impossible to find. Now you can get it on Amazon.
0: I've never had the ca- the coffee one. I remember you talking about it briefly once before.
1: Yeah, I finally um, got my hands on it. Now I can finally drink it on the show.
0: I don't know about a coffee essence mineral water. I don't know how I would like that. Well, let me tell you. You won't. This does not taste that good. <laughs> uh, that's what I figured.
1: You know those little candy coffee things? You unwrap them, makes all the yeah. noise. Tastes exactly like that.
0: Yeah, coffee candy tastes like shit. That's what this tastes like. Yeah. So no bueno. Um, I
1: have another one coming too. It's a mojito. Also LaCroix.
0: That one would probably be good.
1: I'll save one for you.
0: So if it's a mojito, it's going to be very limey tasting, then mint and lime. Um,. Also, while I was talking about Tanqueray, I found out because I, I was doing some research, they have Channel, two other Nate, link to flavors. Nate so linked These are the other two that one of them Channel, they killed Nate, off in ski 2001, ski but exchange. I heard they're bringing com. it back. And I believe that is the Lavage. Channel which Nate linked to the link
1: you. Um,
0: There's bottles of it still floating around that you can buy from people that have held on to them since like 2001 and they're like a thousand dollars. Um, what? Yeah. They don't exist anymore. They haven't made them for almost 20 years. Hey, uh, um, these
1: ones you're showing me are worth less than a hundred bucks. They these just, are the ones well, that bring back. The reason,
0: the reason. So what I'm saying is they, apparently they just reintroduced it. The lavage. But they for almost 20 years they discontinued it. Like it wasn't sold anywhere in the world. I'd like to so taste the difference. Five years ago, or whatever, you know, several years ago, it, these you you could have ended up buying one of these for several hundred to a thousand dollars. Um now I don't know if that's for a bigger bottle or this size. I have no idea. But that's pretty expensive. Fifty dollars for a seven fifty is expensive. Um the other one the florida sevilla that one they use oranges so that one i i can't even imagine what that one tastes like but i want to try it and i don't know if you can find it's cheaper it's a lot cheaper than the uh, lavage but i have no idea where i could find that want to though
1: One day, Intel max
0: will be just as rare well, you know what's interesting about the Apple moving over to their their own ships During nowhere during that presentation like they they made it they went out of their way to sell the um uh was it called rosetta stone or just rosetta Rosetta so like don't don't you worry. All your old apps will be compatible, but they didn't disclose that thirty two bit apps won't work. They currently Only, do not work. No, they won't work. No, either. they do not they work at all. Yeah, currently, if you are on Catalina,
1: yes, it's an upgrade from Catalina. Therefore, yeah, it so builds this, on it.
0: This has nothing to do with the OS because this is this is just the architecture of ARM and the chips. It's it's just not going to work. The other thing is, boot camp's no longer going to be a thing. They're just going to kill Well, that's up to camp. Microsoft. Well, it's funny because they do run Windows 10 on ARM already. Microsoft has their own uh, ARM. Balls in their core things. I think Apple's just throwing their hands up with it. Did you see that video that was no, on back from no... Craig Federighi?
1: They're going to a different chip. End of the End of the story, like. They're if not gonna Windows have, is on x86 it runs on x86 it runs on x86
0: made it sound like they're not going to have boot camp anymore
1: in any future releases unless Microsoft decides to support arm Max. yeah that is the case cuz you can't boot x86 windows on an arm
0: I know arm chips are independent like there's no uniform architecture for them but I'm curious what version of arm or which chip uh microsoft is using in their arm surface machines compared to which i know it's proprietary with apple like it's it's an arm chip but it's like arm ARM
1: hf and arm something i'm Uh,
0: curious what the uh the differences are in like just the chip itself
1: yeah they'd have to add support for all the random bits of hardware So it seems unlikely because it's not like the the open PC platform where x86 is kind of freely licensed amongst everybody. Because I guess somebody reverse engineered it or something. I don't remember the whole history.
0: ARM is just super complicated, Like, but Apple... No, it's super complicated in the in the notion that it's uh, yeah. There's no uniformity. It's uh, all you're more likely separate. to have like
1: special snowflake chips compared to the x86 platform where they're all backwards compatible with the
0: IBM PC. Well, and the performance varies significantly too, like between certain chips. Like it's used in a lot of embedded
1: platforms. Yeah. Then you have beasts like the. Uh, Oh man, the cavium, It's like a ninety-six core arm chip. It's like the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> it's big. It's not that big, but puts off a lot of heat.
0: You know what's funny? I think the the as far as like uh, recognizable brands go, I think the only company that's historically used arm chips for a long time is Nintendo. I think all anybody of Nintendo's- who makes it embedded platform. No, no, because Sony had that cell p- completely proprietary. It was loosely chip. based on power, which is an ARM, but yeah, I understand. Uh and then they moved over to AMD, like all the but new but there were ARM chips were that were in there.
1: Like the stuff that drives the display. There's ARM chips and everything.
0: No, those were like uh, uh what what was that power something? Power co- no yeah it was Th- based on pa- on uh power PC. No, not PowerPC. The, the, there is another. There was a. There is a 3D graphics manufacturer based out of Japan PowerVR? that made. I'm not talking about the graphics. Maybe though. that's it. PowerVR is the
1: company that Apple used. They licensed some stuff. Then they're was some lawsuit. I don't know if they're Japanese.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But Nintendo, I think going back to like the uh, like the one of the Game Boys used ARM chips. In all of their uh, mobile devices, I think even the Switch has an ARM chip in it. So back to the Rosetta
1: thing. That translates x86 to ARM.
0: Correct, but only. But when you say x86, it's only 64-bit x86 applications. Yeah. 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 So.
1: Yeah, as of Catalina, everything's 64-bit, and that was so that they didn't have to deal with supporting 32 bit stuff when they have uh the Rosetta transition since they've moved all of their iOS stuff to their 60 their proprietary 64 bit extension to their ARM chips. I just using.
0: don't understand though if it's a sandbox environment, why do they have to limit it to 64 bit? If it's if it's a virtual machine, essentially. Or a virtual not a virtual machine, but a virtualized uh like I don't know how Rosetta works exactly. I assume it's like a Running each application like how Wine would, like just it's like a it's not an emulator, but it's a um, it's virtualizing the app. Yeah, that's like an API compatibility layer. So you're wondering
1: why there's no 32-bit support for Rosetta right. or no 32-bit support period.
0: No, thir- no, I understand because the OS doesn't support it, so I understand that. But I'm just saying that if you're running it in a virtualized environment, which is I'm assuming what Rosetta is. Like I said, I don't really know much about Rosetta. Uh
1: doing tr- binary translation. And, uh, I don't know if when you translate the binary, if you, I, I would, I would think if they're doing some kind of binary translation from x86, 32 bit to arm 32 bit, not only is Apple's arm 32 bit, a completely different architecture. Um, uh, I think that Apple would have to have 32-bit C libraries and all that stuff re-imported back into the OS mm-hmm. because it's actually running. Um, it's either running the stuff, just it's, it's transcoding it or transpiling it or whatever they call it, uh, either just in time or if it came from the Mac App Store, it does it at installation. And you're actually running the ARM binary. So I think that's why okay, because it's not emulating in real time. It's translating before or just in time, like immediately before. So you're actually using the arm binaries on the host. And that's why they would have to have the 32 bit C libraries. And then they'd be stuck supporting that shit for more years. And nothing on iOS uses any of that stuff. The beauty that they're going to have when they go to ARM 64 only um, and uh, having ARM 64 only on macOS, which is macOS 11 now, they're going to have access to every single iPhone and iPad app.
0: Yeah, because it's all cross-compatible. They just run natively.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Because it's using the same same chips, same architecture they just run in some funky little window and they're probably a really shitty experience
0: because being a shitty experience. So that's going to be even worse for you now though, because if you, if let's say you get an arm Mac, okay, or I get an arm Mac even, you know, a year from now and I want to run counter strike go. Well, there's no arm version of that game. So you're going to have to run that in Rosetta which is gonna take a performance hit. I don't buy they said that everything's gonna perform really well. I don't buy that i I they did it last feeling. time
1: when I had a yeah an Intel Mac, I was able to run the power PC version of a whole bunch of quake games because they were old and just hadn't been updated, and I could run Warcraft three, Starcraft. Uh all that stuff that was all power PC, it ran fine.
0: Well, okay, so what are they gonna do about like because Macs are heavily used in production environments? Uh I know from firsthand experience we have a lot of clients that use Macs to work with Photoshop and all that quality. stuff
1: was perfectly translated. I had well, old versions that were purely power PC that ran on Intel.
0: I guess the question is because they are coming out with uh they already do have iOS versions of several of the Adobe apps. I don't know about Photoshop, but I guess the question is, would you be better off running because now that you're going, now that iOS and macOS are going to be running essentially on the same uh, chips more or less, would you better be better off running the uh, iOS versions of those same apps in macOS? Did you know it's optional? What do you mean it's optional? The developers can opt out
1: of that. So uh, you know Adobe is going to say, no, fuck you. If you're using a Mac, you got to pay $1,000. And if you're using an iPad, it's
0: $50. Oh, and it, if you're
1: using an iPhone, it's 10
0: Well, it's going to be a lot more than $10. Than well, Adobe. I'm just throwing regardless. numbers out there, but, yeah,
1: but they're not going to let a Mac user very likely they're not going to let a Mac user run
0: a iPhone version, or an I, iPad okay. version of the app. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're totally going to opt out of that. Yeah, they'll take advantage. Plus, uh, that's,
1: their Mac app has all the power, and the iOS versions have a limited subset.
0: What Adobe does now, though, is they do that subscription model with their Creative Cloud plan, and yeah. that, in theory, makes it so that you could use the iPad apps and the PC slash Mac apps all at once. Then you get a certain amount of, I think it's you get two installations per license. So if they keep the pricing the same, then I don't see how that would make any difference. Unless they decide to segment it off. And then they say, fuck you. You either pay this price point for, PC and Mac, or you pay this price point for mobile. I could see them doing that, because Adobe's a scummy-ass company.
1: They drag their feet, so it'll probably be a while till they fully port all their applications. Microsoft's another one.
0: Well, Microsoft's the first on board, at least from what they uh, were showing on uh, during the keynote. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it.
1: I remember the Intel transition. Oh, man.
0: Well, the PowerPC versions of the uh, Microsoft Office Office apps were garbage. No way, they were better than the Windows versions. They were horrible. They had floating palettes
1: and stuff. It was what awesome. What awesome call, in the sense that it was powerful.
0: Was it Entourage? Is that what they called it? What was the fucking yeah, Entourage? Was exchange? like some weird
1: Mac-only thing?
0: They used that shitty Exchange platform. Is that what it was specifically it? for the it Mac? Was supposed it was- to be
1: Exchange? I think it was called Entourage. Yeah, Entourage was a Mac app, but that was supposed to be their
0: exchange compatible tool. It was the yeah, it was their email client. It was basically Outlook for the Mac. And it yeah. that's it was horrible. I remember like when I first started doing what I'm doing now, we because this was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um we had clients that were still using PowerPC Macs, and they even some of them were already on Intel Macs, but they still were using uh, uh, Microsoft Entourage because that was the only thing that was supported. Like uh, Office for Mac 2011 wasn't out yet. I think that was when they first fully moved over to the uh, Windows-style apps. And trying to configure exchange accounts, I mean, still trying to configure accounts in the Mac OS outlook is stupid, Current, even to this day. But back then it was way more complicated.
1: Yeah, there's some things that they change between the two, which they don't make any sense at all to me. It's like they change it just to make it more difficult.
0: But there's a lot of things. You have like third party like import tools for PSTs and stuff like that. You had to like find like you had to get like these these third party tools that some guy cobbled together to make things work with it. It was really shitty. But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking
1: of shitty, unless you don't want to change away from the uh, WWDC stuff. I guess we can come back to it. Everyone come back to it. So I got this Pinebook Pro. The uh, pathetic Pinebook Pro, basically a paperweight. Yeah. Sort of. I'm exaggerating a little, but it is hostile and uh the trackpad is heinous i i have a bunch of notes i wrote down describing how much i hate this trackpad heinous like That's hateful. the hateful hateful heinous <laughs> hostile
0: <laughs> Yeah. how about the mic in that thing that that mic
1: yeah
0: was horrific barely adequate no, it wasn't even adequate. It was it was below adequate. It was horrible.
1: Maybe I should set up what the Pinebook Pro is because that will put this in a more con- in a better context for you. This is a $200 uh like a pro I'm doing that with finger quotes. Pro basically like a Raspberry Pi embedded into a computer. So, the Pinebook Pro is like a Raspberry Pi in the sense that it's one of those little open source embedded computers. But in this case, rather than hooking up a bunch of screens and keyboards and mice and all that to a Raspberry Pi and dealing with the thing, the power constantly going out, I got a Pinebook Pro because it's all in one. I can just fold it up, slip it away. The problem is I'll get to the problem. I I can rant about that all night. Uh, The exterior of this thing, the, the whole device is almost brandless except for this weird little what is it? It's like a it looks it's supposed to be a pine cone but it looks like hops and it's a little symbol on the the super key on the keyboard where the windows button would be and the keyboard's okay kind of creaks a little the whole computer feels pretty hollow and when you open it up it's very hollow and there's actually enough room in there that you can slip in a little NVMe add-on card, which I have right here, but I haven't installed it because I haven't touched this thing since the first day I I used it. (laughs) The, well, maybe the second day, the trackpad is horrendous. It, it's actively trying to miss. It's like they put some kind of brilliant machine learning system in there that this little AI gremlin is trying to miss the target that you're clicking because you'll you'll mouse over something if you can uh, find your cursor because it tends to disappear into the corners, <laughs> it jumps there. it doesn't wander off there. And then when you go to grab the cursor and like scroll around and you know go left and right and click on a couple objects real fast, it passes your uh, like first glance. you can be like, oh okay, it's trackpad. sure, I'll buy one of these. But when you actually try to put your finger on the trackpad, and then get it right up there and, and click on something it wanders away and you lose the window focus cuz you now just clicked behind it and it does this consistently and then you'll set your finger down on the trackpad to start using it again and normal trackpads continue moving the cursor where the cursor was when you were looking at it you know you just touch your finger down you start dragging it it drags it from the location that you looked at it at last and on this thing the cursor appears in a random location on the screen.
0: That's not good.
1: As soon as you touch the, the trackpad, the cursor will now spawn. It'll respawn somewhere else on the screen.
0: And I've That's read okay. that
1: maybe there's some drivers that I can, some firmware shit I can do. And I was just oh, good hoping... good
0: luck with that. Yeah,
1: I know. I'm not going to do it because I know I'm going to fucking brick this thing so I use an external mouse and when they decide that they're going to include a fucking firmware tool that's built in to, uh, what do they call the stupid operating system on this thing? Manjaro. we ever heard of that. Man- Mandingo. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, this thing is adequate to go on to uh, onto Pornhub and Google that and actually play it back in 1080p, but barely. You go and you hit uh, full screen, and it has to, you know how the Transformers take a couple of seconds to go like, and then transform into their new shape? They go from like a car to a, a robot, Robot Man? Okay, yeah, yeah. This thing, the screen goes through all these deformations and stretching and this whole series of steps that it goes through before the window becomes full screen. Because it's kind of like kicking into some kind of GPU accelerated video decoding, I'm guessing. Okay. So it can play back 1080p, which is like, I guess it's like a Raspberry Pi from five years ago was able
0: to do that that's the raspberry pi from 2012 was able to do that the first no. one no yeah the first the the raspberry pi 1 was able to do 1080p playback
1: yeah but barely right you had to get that weird broadcom driver
0: no not i mean barely yes but you didn't have to do any shit with drivers yeah, so this would, is
1: better than barely
0: but you can tell it's
1: like some ugly hack they have to transition into
0: yeah it's well, I mean, what do you expect for 200 bucks for a laptop? A- the sad
1: thing is, you could actually get a Chromebook for about that much. Uh, the trackpad would be the same, though, so you might as well buy the Pinebook Pro.
0: Yeah, but you'd have even less functionality with a Chromebook unless you rooted it and put a copy of Debian or something on it. Assuming the, the Chromebook has a good trackpad, no.
1: Infinitely, and I'm not exaggerating because you got a web browser. Yeah, and you can root it. But because it has a useful if it has a useful trackpad, it's infinitely better than this Pinebook Pro even at that price point. The Pinebook this trackpad is basically a deal killer. So, I'm probably just yeah. going to install OpenBSD on this thing, which I was going to probably do anyway, and use it purely in the command line. Just uh does it have Bluetooth? Use it as a key server or something? Yeah, but y- are you serious? This thing, they can't even get the trackpad right? I don't even know if the, the Wi-Fi is really stable at all because I haven't tested it long enough. I bet the Bluetooth is even worse. I'll try it. Just yeah, because I was
0: going to ask what kind of mouse you're using. Yeah, I, used I don't know a, if it was Bluetooth.
1: A wired one. What the fuck? Speaking of Siri... Uh, They're going to do a bunch of on-device Siri stuff in iOS 14.
0: Yeah, they're finally fucking making it so it doesn't suck ass. See no, how no. that works out.
1: I bet it'll still suck ass, but it'll be on-device. Well, so that the- people in India don't have recordings of me screaming at the top of my lungs at this fucking toaster.
0: Yes. Yeah, that. But also... Well... I don't know if the on device is going to make it any better necessarily. Like the people in India won't hear me in terms of dictation and like what it's actually able to do. But, uh, based on the, the showcase video they're showing, it appears that it's actually smarter appears because they haven't really done. I don't know if you notice if you watched the keynotes for WWDC from the past, like five years when they've had anything relevant to say about Siri, They always say that it gets smarter, but they don't actually show it doing anything like in terms of you asking for a piece of information and it accurately giving you the information you're looking for. It's usually like very specific things. It'll be like sports scores or the weather or um, I don't know who is the 33rd president of the United States. Shit like that. But. It, when it came to detailed questions it always sucked.
1: or compound compound uh commands yeah stop the music and turn off the lights yeah yeah not, not gonna happen
0: oh yeah my home kit setup it's still some days it knows what my floor lamp is and some days it doesn't i can say i don't want to say it right now because i'm gonna fucking trigger it but hey s uh turn on floor lamp Sorry, I can't do that right now. And then and then the next day I go, hey S, turn on floor lamp, and then it works.
1: Sylvania? Or Sylvania? One of those no,
0: lights. No, it's a uh well in this case the Sylvania ones, uh it's the same issue with those, but but the floor lamp that I have it's it's tied to a uh smart switch. It's that Eve uh Oh, okay. Wall wall switch.
1: And then did you go in to the EVE app and put all the metadata in there that it's a lamp? HomeKit's supposed to do that. No, no. Well, you're using a a power strip. No, no, no.
0: In HomeKit, you you name accessories.
1: Yeah, you can add metadata there, but there's actually uh, more to the API. And in apps like the EVE app, they actually have more capabilities. So you can add an address to your house through that app. And then that ties into the home app so that it um, can sense your presence. Or if you live with somebody, you can add them to the home and it can sense their presence. And then certain things can be triggered. So if you want the lights to turn off when you leave, but you don't want them to turn off when your wife is home or something. As long as you add her to the home, it sees that she's home and it doesn't turn the lights off. But when she leaves, uh, that's considered leaving the home or the home being empty and then it turns the lights off. But you want to take it to the next level when you have a dog or kids or something and they don't have a device that you can sign in. You can have motion sensors. So you can have more conditions like when everybody's out of the house and there's no motion for a certain amount of time.
0: Yeah, I've set the conditions so that when I'm home, the lamp will turn on. The same lamp I'm talking about will turn yeah. on uh, once I walk in the room because I have a, a, a HomeKit-enabled motion detector too. It's battery-powered. They have stuck on the wall, and so once that triggers movement, it turns the light on. How long is and the then, delay?
1: Just long enough to stub your foot?
0: No, it's it's pretty quick actually. It's wow. actually a really good device. It's a Chinese, It's some Chinese thing. It's a. Uh, Fuck, what is it called? I don't want to get up and go look at it. It's like Onvis, I think it's called. O-N-V-I-S. Uh, motion detector. Yeah, that's it. Onvis SMS1. Okay. Yeah, it works really well. What's this thing? It's cheap, too. It's like 25 bucks, And it's battery-powered, which is cool. So you don't have to, to home plug home it into anything. Com. And I've had the same battery in it for about a year now and i haven't had to swap it out yet um and it does temperature and humidity readings i don't know how reliable those are because i don't even really care because we have a thermostat already for the apartment but um yeah for the motion detection works pretty well
1: Huh? Yeah, you might want to, if you needed the uh, temperature sensor to actually do something, then you might need to read the reviews on Amazon. There's people who buy different different thermostat devices and take them apart. Not thermostats. If you were to use it for a thermostat, this is why they do it. They take it apart and they look at the uh, thermometer to see who makes it, and the type that it is, and then they give a complete breakdown in the review section. I don't know about this device. I know that. Eve has one that reads the temperature and there's like certain revisions that had, I think it was Eve. There were certain revisions that had a, a different chip or a different technology used for reading the temperature or barometric pressure. And one was more accurate than the other.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm really concerned with that temperature. and all that. I
1: love Amazon reviews. The really detailed ones by some engineer. Uh, what else the home kit cameras do that's cool yeah they do all the local caching and um object recognition and face recognition on device so on your home on your apple tv
0: or yeah HomePod. that's what I was, gonna, I was gonna say that where they were showcasing the uh, picture in picture with the uh home kit cameras on the apple tv that's cool yeah that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, the the tvOS stuff that they've got coming out is, is interesting, um, at least in terms of the uh, HomeKit support. Yeah, they've
1: needed it because Amazon's had that with their Fire TV and Alexa. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't really use any of that shit. I've heard about it. Uh, I think Google probably has that too. It's a cool feature. Yeah. It's just another reason to leave your TV on all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean my my Apple TV is my HomeKit hub, so it's it's useful. I mean I don't have any HomeKit enabled cameras, but if I ever did get I, I probably wouldn't get any while I'm living here, but maybe if I moved somewhere else I would if I had a house. Um But yeah, the uh the whole WWDC event this year. I almost liked it better where it was, uh, just pre-recorded, you know, and yeah. like because there's no filler. You don't have to wait for the audience to clap, and like the bullshit where they have like the people coming out on stage and doing the live demos. Oh and yeah, like, they scared like us. Yeah. It's, it was none of that. It was better. I, 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 I watched the whole, it's actually probably the first keynote that I've watched all the way through without like having to like stop and look away because I'm just like, oh, this is stupid. Like it, it was all, <laughs> it was all useful. It was just informational. That's like really all it, that's what its intention is. That's how it's supposed to be. It wasn't a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, it wasn't a spectacle. You know, like they're trying to make it with, for the live audience with a stupid music. And like, they have like, they'll have some A-list celebrity or some like, you know, like, or they'll have like a break where they have to like do a, uh, put some, uh, musician out there to play their song for five minutes. None of that.
1: But it's always going to be perfect cuts. They're never going to have any fuck ups. Right. So if this sets a precedent, that's going to be. Bad for show material. We got to tell him to stop this. Because we won't ever get another scene like we Won't be able to make fun of him. Steve Jobs had one of the Mac Pros during some demo freeze. And he had to switch over to a backup. Yeah. Or that uh, the guy, he was like demoing... I don't know if it was like Touch ID or something. But his hands were sweating profusely. And he was shaking everywhere. Because he was so nervous.
0: Well, but you know what I mean, though? Like when they have to bring out those like third parties, like they'll bring like someone yeah. like some Chinese company yeah, out to show off their fucking drone or some shit like that, like how their drone works with the new version of iOS. Like like the one that follows that line. Yeah. Or like the, they did that the, twice. The, the cars, like the remote control cars yeah, that yeah. they've done years past. Like who gives a shit about that? Like really, who gives a shit? It was just all informational, all all the stuff that I actually care about and I'm interested in. So I don't know. It, yeah, I mean you're not gonna be able to find gaffes and fuck ups, but I just from appreciating the actual presentation, I liked the way the format the, the way they did it this way better.
1: They have an app too. The, oh the uh um, they call it the developer it? app Apple developer app It used to be the WWDC app it's, It might be on iPhone
0: That's what I was going to call it WWDC app no.
1: Yeah They might have kept the name as WWDC On the iPhone but In the developer app on the Mac It has all of their videos Normally It's a multi-day event WWDC And normal people don't see Most of the the developer videos But their app is in the app store, so it makes it pretty accessible. So you can see everything coming to the Mac. There's some augmented reality demos,
0: some new stuff they're adding. The, um, that the car key thing they were talking about is cool. I like that, but how long do you really think it's going to be? Because I know they're rolling it out with BMW first. But if it's anything like CarPlay, it's going to be like five years before they end up hitting most cars. Oh,
1: yeah. It's because the car manufacturers, they suck.
0: Yeah. Well, and the Japanese manufacturers are usually behind. So that means that my car, probably it's going to be several years. I hate carrying around that giant key fob for my car. It's the one fucking car out of all their lineup. So I drive a Mazda all their other cars have slim keys but the one fucking car that they make that I drive has this giant it's so fucking unnecessary it's literally two and a half inches wide by three inches long (laughs) and it's this giant fucking block and there's no reason for it because you take the back plate off and that's where they keep the uh, the um, valet key in it. Yeah and it it's like just wedged over to the side and there's all this space. It's like why is this key this big? Does it float? why am I putting it in water? I don't want to cuz I don't want it. It's not a flotation $200. device. I don't want to put pay $200 to find out. Uh but it yeah, I mean, I just to not have to carry that anything that thing anymore would be very nice. One one can dream. Let's see if it ends up happening. 10 years later yeah i find it funny the only thing they had to say about carplay was that CarPlay is now getting uh wallpapers <laughs> that was the only thing it's like why why even bring that up like why is that like why even why do you even need to talk about carplay if that's the only feature they're adding uh, i think there was more no it was literally from what i watched it was just you can now set wallpapers your carplay display there's uh,
1: a podcast i listen to the accidental tech podcast they were talking about carplay they said more than just one thing so i can't recall off the top of my head i'm trying to look through the uh, developer app right now
0: why isn't there a search okay i'm looking up wwdc carplay Unveils minor CarPlay update. Uh, oh, they have EV routing maps, but that's more of the map app than anything else. Yeah.
1: Well, it's uh, all actually part of iOS because CarPlay is in its own operating
0: system. It's literally just streamed. But yeah, that's so what I'm saying. So it's it's just the map app carrying over to CarPlay.
1: Uh. uh yeah. Wireless CarPlay options, key... Well, Wireless CarPlay's
0: been around for a couple of years now. I think Audi had it first. Oh, this is old. Oops. Yeah, I guess that's it. I think it's just wallpapers. It's really the only thing.
1: And they did make one jab at Tesla. They said uh, CarPlay is available in something like nearly every car you can buy today. Except Tesla, yeah, Tesla won't do business (laughs) with them.
0: Tesla wants you to use their proprietary, which is funny because actually Tesla's their setup is actually very good. I don't know if you have you worked with any Teslas before or messed with the display. I
1: sat in one and I saw somebody backing up, and I thought it was really cool.
0: It's it's pretty good. It's like whatever their OS that they use, it's it's slick. I haven't really had any problems with it. Um i mean because it's kind of contradictory it's like why would you need carplay anyway if you've got that set up i mean it would be nice to have the option if you really want it but also it's probably because they can't it's a completely different um uh display like aspect ratio those displays in those teslas they're like tablets like giant tablets yeah so, like, whereas most CarPlay displays, they're, like, 16 by 9 or, like, 21 by 9. Like, they're either really wide or, like, uh, slightly wide aspect ratios. Where the Tesla, it's, it's like, flipped. It's uh, portrait mode. So, it's, like, this super long and then narrow. That could have something to do with it. Because how would you get the sidebar? Like in CarPlay, you have the sidebar. So how would the sidebar run all the way along in that aspect ratio?
1: Yeah, and the the giant touch interface is supposed to give you the controls for everything in the car, like the
0: dashboard. Yeah, right.
1: So unless you're going to run CarPlay in a tiny window and still keep all your other controls up, I don't know how it would work.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like the iOS and the iPad stuff was kind of um. There weren't that many relevant changes. Like the the tiles thing, you know, the widgets or whatever was uh, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't really
1: care about that, but that was a big change. They've never changed the Springboard, not in a huge way.
0: Reminded me of uh, the the Windows uh like the the tiles the old windows phone windows phone os yeah
1: you know all that came from zoom or zoom
0: well zoom was a microsoft thing too wasn't it i know
1: but that whole design philosophy was from whoever designed that zoom
0: yeah that mp3 player zoom
1: all everything was fucking text but it, the thing that was interesting was um it all went off the edge of the screen and you kind of nat the fact that it was something was hanging off the screen suggested that there was more to this virtual space you were in and you could toggle around through the menus. Man, I remember that interface. And then they literally transplanted it into was it Windows Phone or Windows Eight first?
0: Well, no, it was Windows Phone first. And then yeah, they Windows, moved Phone into 7. Windows eight. Yeah. Yeah. wonder if you could still find any of those Zune devices out there. Someone still has one, still uses it.
1: Um, I, I had my hands on one. I just couldn't get it to boot.
0: Those had flash media, right? They didn't use uh, spin-up drives? I don't know.
1: They were big enough. They probably held a hard drive. They were iPod size. Not all of
0: them. I'm sure there was a whole line. Another killed off Microsoft product. Speaking of, uh, did you ever hear about Microsoft Mixer? Nope. That was their streaming platform that they just recently killed off, and they sold it to Facebook. <laughs> just within the last like few days, they just announced they're killing it off, selling it to Facebook. That and- sounds like an
1: episode of Silicon Valley. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know anybody who used it because I know there were some professional streamers that used it. I think Ninja was one of them. He switched over to it. I don't know who that is. But they had deals that they signed, like exclusive exclu- exclusivity deals, and apparently they still get their payout and then also now they're getting new business from Facebook and they're getting getting a new contracts. So they're just they're just raking in the money.
1: I don't know how those streaming services stay alive. I have a GeForce Now subscription and they want like, right now it's cheap, five bucks a month or something. I think that's just because they got, they just couldn't keep it as a free beta.
0: And well, and they have no games. They they have very little. They're just left and right. They're over the the games. Yeah. But
1: the egress cost of all that bandwidth has to kill them
0: well google stadia which i might as well talk about right now uh similar business model but slightly different so they charge you $10 a month but instead of using your own games they give you access to a catalog that they have which at the current time is pretty limited um but you get up to 4k playback which geforce now can't do geforce now i think is capped at 1080 so it has a leg up from that standpoint um i actually subscribed for the trial a couple days ago and i was playing elder scrolls online and it works pretty damn well like you can't really tell also it's interesting because it runs through a browser and it actually takes over your whole browser session so Let's say you're running Chrome and then you go to the Stadia site, you sign in. It has like this, uh, like whatever game you're going to run, it takes over like the whole browser window. You click. there's a big play button. You click play, then it launches the game in full screen. If you alt tab out and then you try to maximize the browser window again, the game session takes over the whole browser. So you cannot have any other tabs. You can't access any other tabs within that browser. While that game is running. But could you have a separate window open? Not within the browser, no. Not within the same browser. You could have another browser open, yes. And then go fuck around, do whatever you want to do. But okay, maybe this is a Windows translation thing. It completely hijacks the whole browser. Like, but you the cannot-
1: browser is a program that launches child Windows that can be separate processes. You're saying any other tabs in the window that contains the game is hijacked? What if I open another
0: window and I'll tab into that window? You can't with you its can't own tabs. You can't. As far as I can tell, you cannot even open another window. It completely okay. hijacks the whole browser. So, it's interesting how it works um, because the way GeForce now works is you run that app and then it launches like that weird pseudo. It's like this. It's like a window. It's a window within a window. It's like it launches like a full screen application and then within that application. You have like another window so it's like uh if there's it's a game launcher for
1: you it's just a little window with some some, full, some uh some games in it
0: no uh, i mean maybe you can open it in windowed mode but every time i would open it it would open full screen and then within the full screen application the geforce now application then you would have like let's say you were playing uh, an mmo or something it had its own launcher then it would open the launcher as its own window within that application. So wow! Be the like Windows window version the window. sounds completely different.
1: Now on the Mac, you just open up the uh, you open up Ge- GeForce Now. It opens up like a window, just like Steam, like any other game launcher.
0: Yeah, but how many games are you playing with launchers though? Like you're not like playing MMOs like I am. But when so I do 7 launch a game into that.
1: that has a launcher, it opens up when you hit play it opens up the little stream test thing, test your bandwidth, and then it pops open a windows session, full screen signs into that, um, launches the, the meta launcher, but it's at a windows desktop at that point, just through a remote desktop session. Okay.
0: Yeah. This, it, it's like a self-contained instance, everything like you open the browser. So like when you sign into your Stadia account, you have like a friends list thing, uh, like you have an account icon, like your Google logo in the upper right, which is like your account icon. Then you have a friends list thing, which is like a controller. And then you have um, a, a gear for like changing your settings and the settings are just to change the stream quality. So if you want to go like 720, 1080 or 4K, you can select it from there. I think it defaults to 4K. And then if you, it analyzes your connection on the fly, because I was running, uh, I, I played ESO on my desktop machine at home, like my wired home desktop machine, <clears throat> and the quality was like great, like like full 1080p, no artifacts, no lag, no blurriness. It was perfect. But then when I launched it on my Lenovo laptop over Wi-Fi, I could tell like it com- started compressing things a little bit. Like things got blurrier, but I didn't change any of the settings. The settings were still kept the same. So on, the, I think on the fly, it determines what your bandwidth is and like what your latency is. And then it on the fly adjusts the video quality.
1: Yeah, when I've used GeForce Now on Wi-Fi, I didn't know it was Wi-Fi that was the problem at the time. It would, I guess Wi-Fi would get interference from all the other access points near me. And it would just, you know, fluctuate constantly and then the other funny thing well not so funny thing was uh every time you fast forward fast forward only on youtube tv on the apple tv app, or apple tv uh, device it would somehow nearly kill my geforce now stream and i, I think hmm. it had something to do with being on wi-fi but it was only youtube tv that would do it
0: i think and there's a limit of gigabit connection there may be a limit, like a minimum bandwidth that it allows, because GeForce now. I even ran it over my uh, LTE hotspot on my phone, and it worked through a VPN too. So I was probably getting maybe twenty megabits, maybe at best, and it it's still I was still able to play. Wow. So. So far, it's pretty impressive how well it works. It's just the limitations are you have to play their... So, like, basically, you have to buy their versions of the games. Like, let's say you own... Are talking about GeForce now or Stadia? Stadia. So, um, let's say you want to play Borderlands 3. If you own Borderlands 3 already in Steam, as far as I know, you can't just, like, use your Borderlands 3... Steam credentials to play in Stadia. You have to buy the Stadia version of the game. Or if they have a game already in Stadia that's included with the subscription, then I think you can tie your account into it. And that's what I did with Elder Scrolls Online. So like you go to their website, you link your account to Stadia, and then they have a free version of the game, which is like a base vanilla game without any of the expansion content. You select that it's included with your subscription then when you sign into your account in the game then you have all the additional stuff you have all the DLCs you have all the expansions that you paid for because your account's tied to it so that's the main difference is that you're not using in theory you're not really using the games you've already paid for which is how GeForce Now works that's the only way it works it's like you have to own the games already you're in Stadia you have to basically either hope that the game is free in stadia or uh, you have to buy it again to play it in stadia.
1: I don't know. That sounds worse to me. You're paying a subscription it, to it stream is, and you have to buy the game that only exists in their platform.
0: It's only worse if you own the games already and then you are hoping to play them through that service. If you, let's say you're just like the average person that doesn't own any games and you're just like, Oh, this is interesting. I don't want to own a, I don't want to pay. Uh, fifteen hundred dollars to build a gaming pc i just want to play these some games and have them run well well if you didn't own any of those games to begin with the barrier to entry is very low it's ten dollars a month and then you get access to these games that you would have had to buy in addition to building a gaming rig to be able to play so it is different it's definitely different than geforce now but it's it's two different uh I guess two different philosophies it's kind of like going from nothing to having something to GeForce now is like uh, having a gaming PC already, but maybe it doesn't, maybe it's older and maybe you're not getting the frames that you want, or maybe you're, uh, I don't know. You're just, you want to sit and play with a controller on a TV, then Stadia is a good uh, option. One thing it is annoying though uh the stadia if you want to play it on your tv you have to own a chromecast ultra you can't play it with the 1080p chromecast you have to have the 4k one and it only works with their proprietary controller so you can't take any other bluetooth controller like a ps4 controller or an xbox one controller and tie it and and uh use the bluetooth to connect to the chromecast which is stupid but that's just the way they do it well, the only proper controller is a mouse and keyboard. Um uh yes, but also there's something to be said where if you just want to lounge and lay back, using a controller is nice. If it's a game that you can play with a controller. Which pretty much eliminates first person first, first person shooters from the uh discussion. Yeah, unless you enjoy getting teabagged. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Hey, maybe you enjoy the taste of sweaty balls in your mouth.
0: You <laughs> just like them caressing your eye- eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Any Anything else?
1: I think that's a good spot to end. Okay. Bringyourwallet.com slash join to join the Bring Your Wallet membership. I'll explain more next week. But I'm just ripping off what uh, Marco Armin did at ATP.fm. He has a subscription thing. You join. You, uh, In his case, you get an ad free version of the show, some other perks. And in my case, you get a Bring Your Wallet membership, and you get access to Mumble servers and a Nextcloud instance, which I'll have more details probably next week. It's a work in progress. I've been doing some benchmarks. I'll have another show with Roadhouse where we talk about all that stuff. Until next week. Sayonara.